This is so cool. I love this. I, you know, honestly, I used to hate Easter because um, I was a pastor. And, uh, and you feel so much pressure on Easter because you're like, what am I going to say this year that's going to top last year? You know, that type of thing. And it hit me one year. I go, this is so insane. Someone was tortured, crucified, buried, and then came back to life and said, I'm going to return one day to judge the world. And I'm sitting in my office trying to make that sound exciting. You know, like, like someone rose from the grave and I have to come up with something creative this year. And then, and then I started reading. I, I go, man, what did Jesus do when crowds showed up? Because there's pressure on Easter. There's pressure. You think, man, all these people are coming. A lot of you come once a year, and I'm thinking, man, I got to nail it. If I nail it, they may come back on Christmas, you know, and <laughs> you put all this pressure on yourself, like this is my one chance to get at these people. I better nail it, and so you start stressing out. So many pastors go through this on Easter, and then one year I'm like, wait, what did Jesus do when he saw crowds? Did he stress out, you know? Like, and, and, I, and I was reading in the, the book of Luke, just reading the first time Jesus appeared before great crowds. Man, it's the craziest story because it says that people came, thousands of people came from different towns because they, they all heard about this man. They, they go, man, I heard this guy healed a blind guy. I heard this guy was healing people who were deaf. I heard this guy actually raised someone from the dead. So imagine back then you're hearing of someone doing these miracles. So everyone floods to the spot to hear Jesus. And in Luke 8, it says that there were just a ton of people, great crowds from all of these villages. And it says, Jesus, Jesus comes up to the crowd, and this is how he addresses them. He goes, there was a farmer, and he was planting seeds. Some of it fell on the ground, and birds ate it. Some landed on rocks. They sprouted up, and then the sun scorched it and killed Others landed in the thorns, and, and, and it tried to grow, but the thorns choked it out. Then some landed on good soil, and it produced like a hundred times what was planted. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. See ya. That was the whole message. Man, could you imagine? Like thousands of people show up and he just says that. And so it says later in Luke 8, the, the very next verse talks about how the disciples come up to Jesus, his followers. You know, go, Jesus, what was that all about? And listen to his answer. He, he says to them in, in, in Luke 8, verse, verse 9, he says, To you, it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom. But for others, I speak in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Wait, did you get that? The disciples are like, why'd you do that? He goes, I spoke to them in a parable so that they wouldn't understand me. Man, I just go, what are you talking about? Like, why? I mean, I'm coming here going, man, I want to speak in such a way that you understand me. And Jesus, no, I'm just throwing this, this, this parable out there, and then they're not, they're not going to get it. And then he explains the parable. He says, you see, the seed that that farmer threw, that was like the word of God. He goes, you're going to toss some, and it's going to hit the ground. And he goes, that's like people who, they're not going to hear. It doesn't matter what I say, they're not listening today. Okay? 
He goes, then there's others that, you know, they may get all excited, like, woo, Jesus, I'll follow. He goes, you know, but the moment the trials come, the sun comes, the wind comes, they're, they're done. He goes, then there's others that they, they'll want something, but they got too much going on in their lives, and they're trying to fit Jesus in. But all their worries, all the stuff they want, it's going to crowd them out, choke it out. He goes, but just like a farmer, when it lands on the good seed, the good soil, that's the stuff I'm going to work with. And he was telling his disciples, that's what you guys are. So you guys came, you want to know the truth, and so let me tell you about it. But those other people, it, you know, it's, it's, it, he goes, if God gives them ears to hear, they're going to hear. But if not, there's no point. Man, and too often in the church, we, we try to water the sidewalk, you know, the rocky soil, you know, the thorns. And, and, and what Jesus says, I, I want to talk to the people who are ready to hear me. And that's why he says that phrase, he who's got ears, let him hear what I got to say. Those who don't, I, I can't help you. See, and, and I, I started thinking about that one Easter, and I thought, you know what? I, I brought some seeds. Um, <laughs> I don't know if these would work. I've never planned anything. But I figured, you know what? This is all I'm doing today, right? This is all I'm doing. I'm just throwing the Word of God out there. And, you sure? And, uh, and some of you are here, and this is what's going to happen. Seriously, no, there's just no point. You're just sitting here going, just get this thing over with. It's hot. You know, I'm just here as my wife told me if I came to this, I wouldn't have to go to her mom's house. It, you know, you're just, right? And you're just like, man, I, I've done the church thing. And so I could sit here and preach all day long, but this is just all it's going to do. Now, there's others of you that the Bible says you're actually going to take and go, yeah, 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 I want that. I want that. Give me that. Give me that. You're like, oh, man, see? I want the seed. I want the seed. But he says, the moment things get difficult, you're like, oh, man, this doesn't taste like I thought. Man, some of that shell is starting to pinch my skin. Forget it. He goes, that's what a lot of people do. It's like they all follow Jesus. But then once you realize, man, Jesus didn't promise your life to be easy. Man, there's preachers that will get on a stage and go, man, if you follow Jesus, you'll become rich. Ha! You know, and go on and on. And You'll never get sick again. You nor your whole family. You guys, that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus says, you follow me, it's going to be more difficult. Amen. He goes, people hated me, they rejected me, they're going to do the same thing to you. So some think, oh no, I'll follow Jesus, but then when things get difficult, you spit them out. You go, that didn't work. Give me something else. I want life to be easy. And Jesus says, no, in this world, you're going to have pain. That's right. but, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Okay? You think it was easy to go to the cross? No. That's life. He goes, but guess what comes afterwards? You're going to rise again. See, and some people, they don't like that message. He says, then there's others. Others, you're going to toss the seed out to them. And they're, they're actually going, no, I, I, I want that. Some of you go, no, I want that. Um, but but, but uh, I'm kind of busy right now. And you just shove it in your pocket because you go, no, I want it. But let me, let me just finish this one project, and then I'll start going to church, and I'll start doing this. Let me just get over this one relationship. Let me just do this. Let me do that. And, and you know, so some of, you, some of you ladies will grab the seed today and go, no, I want that. Um, and you just shove it in your purse with 300 other things, and you're just going to lose it. No, some of you, you're going to hear this, and the moment you walk out in the parking lot, you're just, you're just going to grab your phone, and you're going to just start returning the 40 texts that were on there. Some of you are doing it right now, you losers. And, and uh, because you know what? It's just like, I don't care. I don't care. It's just the word of God. 
See, but the Bible says, but then there's other people. Jesus, others are going to be like, no, 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 give me that seed, give me that seed. Now, I want this, I want this, and you're, you're going to chew it up, and you're going to digest it, and, and it's going to nourish you. You know, it's going to be like, no, I want this, I want this, and Jesus, that's, that's who I'm talking to. And so, for me, I come here today, and I go, man, all the pressure's off, because I can't make anyone fall in love with Jesus. I can't make you turn your whole life around, no matter what I say. Either you came with the right kind of heart and soil where you go, you know what, I actually want to know God at this point in my life. Give me that. Help me understand it. I get it. Because the Bible says some people are going to get it. Some people are going to treat this like he he gives this parable of a a person who, who saw a treasure in a field. And he says, man, that treasure was so great. He covered it back up, and he just, <clears throat> sorry, I'm choking on the seed. <clears throat> I didn't eat it last service. Okay, so some people, they're going to see that, and uh, what am I talking about? Okay, the treasure. They're going to go, man, he says, with great joy, he went and sold everything he had. He goes, here, take everything. Just give me that field. I got to have that field. You can have my house. You can have my, my donkeys, whatever. They have. You can have everything. I just, I just have to have that field. That's all I want. And Jesus, some people are going to get that. Some people are that good soil because they understand that, man, you can actually know God are you kidding me? Some of you here are going, wait a second. Every breath comes from him. I'm not guaranteed. He gave me another one, and, he's, and you're telling me that being up there who's making that sun shine, that, that sun that's 93 million miles away, and we feel its heat right now, that God who made all of this and everyone here, I can actually talk to him? Man, and I'm telling you, I'm not talking about closing your eyes and saying a few words. I'm talking about there have been times in my life when I'll talk directly to him and he'll answer me in ways where I just freak out and I'm going, there's no way, there's no way. I just talk to God. And some of you here, you hear that and you go, man, but I did the church thing, man. I did it, didn't. I'm going, no, you don't get it. You can seriously have a connection with him, talk to him. You can be forgiven of everything. The God who sits on his throne, the Bible says, has lightning and thunder coming from his throne. Pillars of fire around his throne, a hundred million angels around his throne, that somehow I could be worthy to come into his presence and talk to him and have him answer me and walk with me through life and enter into my body to where I'm not the same person I was before. It's a real thing. And some of you are going to get that and go, man, I I want that because you understand the Easter story. You understand that on Thursday night, the Bible says, Jesus, the Son of God, this is probably the most touching part of the Bible to me, is that story in the garden. Do you ever get that? Before Jesus was going to be crucified, he's in the garden. And, uh, and Mark, Mark chapter uh, 14, it talks about how Jesus starts to pray to his Father. In Mark 14, but, but listen to what it says. It says, Jesus says, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. And it says, going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. 
And Jesus said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but yours be done. Do you get that? Like Jesus is looking at the Father, and first he says, man, my soul. He goes, man, I hurt so bad right now. He goes, I feel like I'm going to die. You ever felt like that? You ever, I, I don't know, some of you may have felt this before, where you hurt so bad inside, you want to do anything you can to get rid of the pain. And like, it's emotional, but it becomes physical. And you're like, man, I can't stand life right now. I just want to get rid of this pain. So you medicate yourself, you drug yourself, you just don't want to think. And you even think about ending your life because you're going, man, I just want to jump because I don't want to feel this pain anymore. Here's Jesus, the one and only Son of God, looking at his dad and going, Dad, I feel like I'm going to die right now. And the Bible says he was in so much anguish that he was sweating blood, which what we understand medically is possible, where you are in such anguish that blood starts coming out of your pores. And Jesus, the Son of God, is crying to Dad. He goes, and this is what he says. He goes, Dad, I know you can do anything. You can do anything, so please don't make me go through this. Take this cup from me. The Bible says he prayed that three times. Men, can you imagine if one of your kids, whom you love so much, looks you in the eye and says, Dad, I don't want to go through this. Get me out of this. And he's sweating drops of blood and saying, look, you can do anything. You can get me out of this situation. And three times he says to you, please, is there another way? Man, what would you do? And yet at the end of the prayer, Jesus looks at the Father and goes, okay, but not what I want, what you want. Not my will, but your will be done. And then it says in Isaiah 53, verse 10, it says, it was the will of the Father to crush him. It was the will of the Father to crush. So your son is crying out, is there any other way, but not what I want, what you want, and God on his throne goes, man, I love you, but what I want is I want to crush you so that you will be an offering, so that you will pay for everyone else's sin. God is saying, I want these people that are going to show up 2,000 years later. Maybe someone's going to get it and recognize that I watched my son go through all of that. I love my son more than any of you love your kids. And I watched him and I thought, no, this is worth it. I want to crush you. So you'll be the guilt offering. This way I can be fair and I can also show mercy. Because, yeah, I could do it any other way. Sure, I could just say you're all forgiven, but that would not be fair. And the Bible says God needed to be just and the justifier. He needed to be fair that when there's a crime committed, like all of us, he goes, man, I have to punish it. That's, that's what a fair judge does, and I'm perfectly fair, so I must punish. But rather than punishing you, here's how I'm going to show mercy. My son's crying out, but I'm going to crush him so that you can be forgiven, and then I'm going to raise him from the dead. And I'm going to give you that power so you can start living the way I ask you to. You guys, that's what we're celebrating today, you know? The Bible says that God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin become sin on our behalf. 
so that we might become the righteousness of God through him. He says, you want to be righteous? You want to be right in God's eyes? He goes, that's what Jesus was doing on that cross. And he rose from the grave. He's going to give you power. Man, when I prayed for you, because I was praying for this service, you know, and I, and I pray differently for every church, wherever I go. Like yesterday, yesterday I was in a Chowchilla prison, preaching, preaching. And uh, I'm just talking, you know, having Easter service with these prisoners. And I prayed one thing. And then when I was driving out here to Roseville this morning, I prayed something different for you. Because different people need different things. See, this morning, you know what I prayed for this community? I prayed that you would understand Philippians chapter 3. I prayed that you would understand Philippians chapter 3. Because Philippians chapter 3 talks about what it means to be a good person in the sight of God. And I thought, you know what? I bet you there's a lot of people that are going to show up this Easter and feel like, I'm okay with God. Because I'm basically a good person. I've done a lot of good deeds. I'll probably come to church in four weeks where we do those projects. Man, I might even go to, you know, Mexico next Easter. I, I, and I give money to, to the poor, I sponsor. You know, and I just think, man, I, I think there's people here that will look at their crimes and think, man, but look at me. I'm a family man. Or look at me. I'm a great mom. And I've got these kids, and I'm just trying to raise them the way God wants me to. And I'm doing these different things and protecting them and giving them a good life, a better life than I did. And you're going to feel like you're a good person. Man, and, and what Philippians 3 talks about is Paul, Paul says in Philippians 3, he goes, you guys think you're good? He, he says this. These are his exact words. He, he says, uh, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, he goes, I have more. He goes, if any of you think you're good people, I guarantee you I'm better than you. And he goes through the list of all the things that he did, all the religion. He goes, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. Beat that. He goes, but with that, he goes, but I don't, I don't count that righteousness. I don't go, okay, I'm good. I'm going to stand before God. No, what he says is he says, but whatever gain I had, whatever those good things that I thought I was achieving for myself, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus for my Lord. My Lord, For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Paul says, look, I did a lot of good things, but here's what I did. All those good things, I consider them all rubbish in order that I may be found in Christ. He goes, I had to take every good thing I did and not think that, oh God, look what a good person I am. Because I promise you, the people who will not make it into heaven are the people who think that they're good enough to make it in. Okay, that's what scripture says. You really think you can stand before a holy God with your works? Paul says, no way. He goes, all of my good deeds, and I've done more than you, he goes, I count it all rubbish. And those who have studied this passage know that that word rubbish actually means manure. 
He goes, do I really think my good works are going to get me into heaven? He goes, I might as well just bring a plate of manure to God and go, God, will this get me in? I made it myself. <laughs> is this? He, goes, he goes, that's what all my good works. And he says, look, I have to do that in order that I might be found in the righteousness of Christ. Okay? You, you can't have both. You can go, okay, I'm a good person, and I'll take Jesus also. No, no, no. He goes, look, you've got to come to the point in your life where you recognize there's one way for us to become righteous. That Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin on our behalf. That those of us who believe in him, we become, we switch places with Jesus. He was, God, that's why he didn't want to go to the cross. He's going, Dad, you're going to look at me, like, and I'm going to take on everyone's sin. And you're going to crucify me. He was going to take that on. And then we, in turn, we become perfect. Those of us who believe in him, we take on his righteousness. He took on our sin. And Paul says, look, I want to switch. I'll take all my righteous deeds, and I count it as, as, as manure that I might be found in Christ and having his rights. That's what I prayed for you. I go, man, Lord, I, I, I just pray that people would understand Philippians 3, that they would understand, look, I know, okay, great, you do some good deeds, you're this, that, but do you know who you're about to stand before? And he knows every secret. You can lie to me, you can lie to your pastor, you, you all do it, you know, you can lie to your family, hide things, but you're gonna stand before this being who's sitting on this throne, with, and he knows every thought, everything you've ever done. There's no more lies, and you think you're gonna come before him and go, oh, I'm a good person? No, he's saying, man, that's why I sent my son. Don't you understand? I did that. I went through that pain so that you could believe in him, and it's through faith that you're gonna become righteous. You're not just righteous, but he says, you know what? And that's why Paul goes on. He goes, man, I, I, I count it all loss. He goes, that I may know Christ and the, and, and the power of his resurrection. Look, what I'm talking about today is not a religion. I'm not saying, hey, start going to Bayside Church. I don't even go there. You know, it, it's just, I'm not saying, hey, go to this church and start obeying a bunch of rules, and do this, and do this, and it'll change you. No, that's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about how when you believe in Jesus, he says his spirit will literally enter into your body, okay? And he'll actually change your heart. That's the idea of the power of the resurrection. Paul says, I want to know that power that changes my heart. So you're not just forcing yourself to do something, but that's what that seed is. He'll change your heart to where it becomes good soil, and you actually want his commands. And it's not like, okay, I'll force myself to do this. I'll no, he changes you from the inside out. I've had it. I'm not the same person I used to be. Man, do you understand? All through the Old Testament, they talked about this day. They, you know, in the Old Testament, there was a temple. You know, you guys heard about that, the temple, and then there was this place called the Holy of Holies in the temple where they kept the Ark of the Covenant in there, and, and it was curtained off. You don't dare walk in there because there was the presence of God. You walk in there, you die. You just die. No one could stand the presence of God. Once a year, the high priest, if he did everything right in preparing himself, he could walk into that room. But many of them died when they walked in. They, they would have a rope around their foot so that, that if they died, they could pull him out. Because you can't go in and get him, right? Then you die and there's a whole pile up. So, so they just, they would pull the guy out by a rope. 
But every once in a while, someone could go in perfectly pure, or, you know, gone through all the rituals and everything. They could go in into the Holy of Holies, and he didn't die, and he could pray on behalf of the people. I mean, that was the Holy of Holies in the temple. And what they taught in the Old Testament, God says in Ezekiel, there's going to come a day when that temple will be gone, and I'm actually going to take that spirit of God, and I'm going to put it inside of human beings. I'm going to put him inside of human beings, and they will become the temple of God. That's what I'm talking about. All of that power now would enter into us and change our hearts to where now we have the ability to walk away from sin. Now we have the ability to influence other people and build them up. That's what I'm talking about today. It's not about joining a church. It's not about obeying a bunch of rules. I'm going, man, he changes you from the inside out. It's an insane power, the resurrection power that enters into your life. And I know some of you are sitting here going, no, but I know church people. And their lives are no different from mine. And I've seen the way they lived. If anything, I'm living a better life than them. Explain that. And I just, I go, you know what? I agree with you. And I want to be careful with what I say right now, but I just want to be honest with you. Look, I believe that the majority of people who attend churches in America do not really know Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to judge anyone. I'm just going, man, if the spirit of God's inside of you, that should change everything. And some of you are going, man, I did the church thing. It did nothing for me. And you just go, man, I tried that when I was younger. And I went, I sang the songs. I read the verses. I was an altar boy. I was this. I was, I'm like, man, would you just let go of the past? Forget about all the other examples out there. I'm talking about you, who you are today. Today, do you hear what this book is saying? Forget church experience. Forget everything else. Do you believe the words of Jesus? Because at the end, I could, I could make excuses all day long and go, well, I've been to church. I've done this. I've seen the hypocrisy. I've seen, no, but at the end of the day, I stand before God and there's no excuses. Because I, I go, you know what, Lord? I read what this book says. And even if no one else believes it, I believe that I need his righteousness. And I believe that your spirit can come in here and change this heart and make me a man who actually follows you and gives me new desires and makes me a slave to what is right. That's what I'm talking about today. And my prayer is that some of you would get it. Some of you would get it. And maybe you would be the real thing. And that, that you would jump into a church and actually be a light even in the church. Then you'd go back to work and they would actually see, no, there are still people who believe this thing. There are people who don't just spit it out when it doesn't, when it doesn't taste right. There are people who don't just let it be choked out by all the things in the world. I want to be like that good soil, God. And that's something that God, I believe, is doing in some of your hearts right now. Where he's saying, you know what? You heard what he said and it resonates with you. Forget everything else. Right now, God in heaven... He's not begging. He doesn't need to beg any of us. But he's saying, look, do you believe what I did on that cross for you? Do you believe I watched my son suffer? Those of you who say, oh, there's probably a bunch of ways. Really? That makes sense to you? A bunch of ways to heaven. So God looked at his son who's begging him, saying, God, is there any other way? And God says, yeah, there's probably 50 other ways to get to heaven, but I'm going to crush you anyways. You re- that really makes sense to you. 
No, he says, no, this is the one way I can be just and the justifier. This is the one way to heaven. And some of you may get that today and go, okay, I don't care what everyone else teaches, what everyone else says. I heard from the word today and I'm ready to follow him. And God in heaven right now, look. I've just done things where people will go, okay, I'll I'll become a Christian. And then it doesn't even last. And I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in stats of, oh, we had 1,800 people give their life to. No, if it's not real, it's not going to last. And I've done things that don't last. And I'm going, man, are there people here today that go, look, I get it. I really get it. And it's not going to be just something I throw in my mouth till it doesn't taste right. I'm ready to go to the cross. I'm ready to deny myself, pick up the cross, and follow him. I'm ready to turn from my life. And seriously, I want that heart change, and I want it today. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. And I'm not going to have everyone close their eyes so you can do it in secret. Man, we got enough people that are ashamed of their faith in churches. I'm going to ask you to do something really bold. If you heard what I said and you're going, man, I don't know if I'm right with him, but I believe, I believe that he really sent his son and he watched his son pay for my sins. And I believe he can enter into my life and change my heart. I want that spirit in me and I want to live a different life from here on out. If that's you and you go, man, I think today's the day I want it. I'm going to ask you right now to do something bold because I want to pray for you. I want you to stand where you are and raise your hand and say, you know what? I want Jesus right now. Right on. Right on. Right on. Right on. That's right. Stay up. Stay up. Stay up. God is watching right now. God in heaven is looking at you right now going, okay, you want my spirit in you? You want to be forgiven? You believe in the cross? Man, I'm going to pray over you right now. I'm going to pray for you right now. Man, just stay there with your hands up saying, God, in fact, put both hands up and just say, God, I surrender to you. That's what you're saying. And everyone that's sitting down right now, pray for these people who are standing because you remember what it was like when you gave your life to Jesus and how all the temptations came and how difficult it was. Man, pray for these people that this is the real thing and that the church begins to change. But right where you're standing, I'm going to pray over you right now. Father, these people are standing before you saying they want you, God, and I'm, I'm just so tired of seeing this fake Christianity thing. Lord, I pray that these people are for real and your spirit really enters into them. I pray they see all their good deeds as just a pile of crap and that they understand they need what Jesus did on the cross for them. And God, please fill them right now. Make them a temple of the Holy Spirit. Do what you promised you would do in Ezekiel and change their hearts from a heart of stone. Change them from that path, that hardened path, and give them a heart of flesh. Make them good soil so that they'll hear the word of God and it will change them. So Father, we know the enemy is gonna attack those who are standing right now. And this week, all sorts of temptations are gonna come their way, but greater is he who is in them now than he was of the world. And so Father, fill them, protect them, and use them for your glory. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.